This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Theo Squires here. Welcome to Blood Red as we bring you our latest feature-length interview, this time speaking with former Red youngster MJ Williams, better known to some as Jordan. We clear up the confusion around his name and how a donor saved his career at the age of 22, plus there's his training ground tales involving both Mario Balotelli and Mamadou Sakho. Enjoy. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Thanks for joining us, MJ. First of all, I'm sure many Liverpool fans are like me here. Didn't realise MJ Williams was the same as Jordan Williams. <laughs> Obviously, your first name's Michael as well, isn't it? So, how, how have you become MJ Williams? How has that changed from Jordan? Uh, so, basically, growing up, um, for some reason, I was always called Jordan. Um, but I obviously had Michael in my name, which my dad's name was Michael as well. So it made it a bit easier just getting called Jordan. Um, and then no, nothing come about it. At the, and then until I went to Rochdale um, and then it was two Jordan Williams in the teams. And uh, we were playing, I think it was South End away it was. And they complained after the game because when the there was a corner, the two lads that were marking us didn't know which one to pick up. So the... Uh, DFL were like, one of them's going to have to put something else on the shirt. And then uh, Rossell then obviously just said, like, you know, do you mind putting MJ Williams because your first name's Michael? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So just from then, really. And then every club I've been to after that is just like, I'd want to be called Jordan at times. But as soon as I walk in, they say, MJ, you're all right. So I'm thinking, oh, there's no point even changing my name here. So it's just always <laughs> been, uh, it's just been MJ from now. So, uh, and I quite like it, to be fair. It's just, I'm used to it now. Um, and I like a few of my mates, they go, why did they call you MJ? And I'm just like, oh, it's because Michael Jordan Williams. And they're like, and half of them didn't even know my first name was Michael. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's obviously, uh, it's, um, yeah. It's, so, yeah, I, I, quite, I quite like it now. I'm used to it. So I'll just stick with that. So obviously start with Bolton this season, one promotion to League One. I think you joined halfway through the season. Uh, what's that been like for you to experience? Because uh, it must be what one of the highlights of your career. Oh, absolutely. It was up there with the, um, you know, when I made my debut at Liverpool as well. Um, you know, and the way we did it as well. When I joined, uh, it was late January. Uh, they were sitting twentieth in the table, um, and obviously, you know, I, I signed because I seen the club's a massive club, um, and you know, I knew it wasn't going to stay in League Two for for too long. Um, but I didn't think it was going to be this season, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, I think we've surprised a few people, you know, being 20th to, you know, getting automatic promotion. Um, you know, it's been amazing. So I, I can only speak of the good times. I know start of the season, it was tough for a few of the lads there. Um, you know, but, you know, I've loved every single minute of it. The, you know, the fans have talked to me, the lads, the, the manager, I've loved every minute of it. So, you know, I'm hoping for good times at Bolton now and, you know, to get the fans back in is going to be amazing. And I've seen some of the footage of the celebrations. Obviously, um, to Liverpool fans listening who don't know, uh, you won it or you clinched it on the last day at Crawley. So you've got to travel all the way back up to Bolton. Uh, at the stadium, there's the hotel and the fans are outside waiting. I heard you have to be like smuggled back in by police and something like that. How crazy is this scene? Can you talk us through these celebrations? Oh, it was mad. Um, I remember, obviously, the coach journey was the longest coach journey I've ever been on on the way back. Um, for about two hours when we first got on the coach, it was the best feeling ever. You know, you're having a few beers with the lads and stuff like that. And then it just started dragging along. And then we managed, like, obviously, we got back to the to the ground and the amount of fans were there. It was unbelievable. It was like one o'clock in the morning as well. So, 
you know, for them to still be out, you know, waiting for us. Um, and then as soon as we pulled up there, they just we could not get off the coach. Um, and then a policeman has managed to get on the coach uh, and then directed our driver to, away from the ground. He was like, I can't let them out around there. It's too busy. You know, someone might get hurt and stuff. So he directed us about 10 minutes away from the ground where about five or six Matrix vans pulled up and they were like, you're going to have to get in the Matrix vans. And we're all thinking, what's going on here? So anyway, we got in the back of the Matrix vans and then they got us into the ground uh, without the fans knowing. Um, but then we obviously, once we got on the ground, then we were just straight out. But it was like cornered off where all the fans were waiting outside the hotel. So managed to celebrate with them and it, it, it was all good. So, uh, yeah, it was amazing. And then obviously the next day then we went out as well. So um, it's been a busy couple of weeks of, uh, you know, partying and stuff. But um, I think it's time to get back to work now. <laughs> I'll take you back now to your Liverpool debut. You've already mentioned it once. Um, fans remembering it was Middlesbrough League Cup and then that amazing penalty shootout victory. I suppose it's similar to Europa League final the other night. But um, how did it feel for you coming on to make your Liverpool debut, running out in front of the cop for the first time, pulling on the shirt for the first time? What are your memories from this game? Oh, it was the best feeling ever, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, it's everything I've worked for. I was, you know, since I was seven years old, kicking a ball in, in the garden, you know, and then to, you know, go on and move to Liverpool and you know I spent a few years at Liverpool um which I loved um but then you know obviously it's just the the icing on the cake really like you go out and do what you've wanted to do and that's to play for the first team um you know in front of all the fans you've got all your family you know I remember my mum crying on the night um I remember when I took the penalty I knew where she was sitting so I took the penalty and I remember like just standing in the centre circle and just seeing, like, she had tears all coming down her eyes, and I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it was... And it was, it was just... Uh, it's hard to describe, really, because it's something that you don't plan for, and, you know, it just comes about, doesn't it? And um, I remember the whole day of just, like, being in the hotel, and I, I didn't know I was going to be on the bench. So you're just in the hotel all day, thinking, am I going to be on the bench, am I not? And, you know, when you see your name on the bench, it's just automatically, you just get, like, a bit of nerves inside you. Um and then I remember, funny enough, when I got called to come on, I wasn't really that nervous, if I'm being honest. Um, I was more excited and I couldn't wait to, you know, get into the game. And I settled down quite quickly. Um, I remember cramping up, uh, cr like having a bit of cramp in my calf for about 10 minutes. I'm thinking, bloody, I'm not that unfit. So, um, but I think it was just the whole day, you know, the whole nerves and, you know, all the, the build up to it. But yeah, and then obviously when it went to penalties, I just knew I, Ah, to take one, really, if I'm being honest. Um, I remember Mike Marsh saying to me, take one, like as in one of the five ones. I, if I'm being honest, I thought, oh, I can't do that. And then obviously when it comes to sudden death, I thought, now's my time. You know what I mean? I think when you get the chance to step up and play for Liverpool, you know, you've got to be a, quite brave and you've got to be confident. And I thought, this is the time now just to show what, what I'm about. And, you know, obviously I stepped up and put it away, thankfully. Um but yeah, it was the best feeling I've ever had. And I just remember like walking up to the pound spot and like the the cop just started roaring and you just feel like this gush of wind just comes straight across your face. You know what I mean? You just like, and I remember watching it back and seeing how many times I spat after I've took the penalty. I'm thinking, bloody hell, I must have been nervous there. So um, yeah, I dry mouth and everything. But yeah, oh, I think about it every day, if I'm being honest, I, I love it. Um, you know, and... You know, that's obviously, that was my dream to play for Liverpool and then thankfully I did it. And then I'm imagining your phone must have gone crazy as soon as you got back in the dressing room. 
yeah, it went crazy. And to be fair, I don't think I had that much signal when I was in the ground because um, it wasn't the best at the time. And then I remember getting in the car with me and Jordan Roster were sharing the lift. I remember getting in the car with him. I think I nearly crashed just by looking at my phone at the time. Um, just like looked down and just seen all these messages and all that. Um, and then like I had, you know, I remember Jamie Carragher tweeted me as well, uh, which was good. So you know, obviously you see your followers flying up and stuff like that. Is you know, it was it was yeah, it was really good. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You didn't join Liverpool until fairly late, really. I think it was, what, under-14 level. So how did you grab their interest to get this move in the first place? And then, what, four or five years later, you're playing in front of the cup? I know, yeah. So funny enough, I was at Wrexham. Um, and then I went to Man City on trial. Uh, and they actually wanted to sign me. Um, and then I, Wrexham wouldn't let me go there. It was... a like I love Wrexham, you know, it was where I started my career. But you know, it didn't. It went quite messy, if I'm being honest. And then I went to. They said you have to go to Liverpool on trial first, because um, I think Wrexham and Liverpool had a little bit of a connection at the time. So then, obviously, I went to Liverpool and I didn't get in. So then um, I went to Everton. Um, <laughs> funny enough, I went to Everton and Everton wanted to sign me, and I, I basically signed. But for some reason, it didn't go through with Wrexham. So then I rang Wrexham and Everton were playing Liverpool on the weekend. So I rang Wrexham. I was like, can I play for Everton against Liverpool? And they let me play. And then after that game, uh, you know, Steve Cooper come round to my house, who's the manager now, Swansea. And he was like, listen, we want to sign you now. Um, like, this is the deal and stuff like that. But I had Everton at the time where I did love it at the time, um, you know, being there. I was, I was doing well, but I just knew I wanted to be at Liverpool and, you know, that just, that was everything. So uh, that's the decision I made. And um, yeah, it, you know, it went well, I think. Um, made my debut, obviously. I wish I'd have played a lot more times for Liverpool, but I, I think Gerard was the one that said, you know, once you play once for Liverpool, no one can take that away from me. And it's exactly how I feel. Um, so it's one where if you're playing for Everton against Liverpool and Liverpool had said they weren't signing you, was there a little part of you that wanted to prove them wrong? Yeah, 100%. Um, and to be fair, I did really well that game. So, I, But I, I knew Liverpool was still there at the time, you know, and was still interested. But I just thought I've got to, you know, prove myself here now and be one of the best players on the pitch. And that's what I managed to do. Um, funny enough, I, I remember um, Conor Randall, uh, who's a very good mate of mine now, who's played for Liverpool as well. Uh, I had to man mark him. Um, no, sorry, he got man marked that game, and that showed how good he was at that age, uh, and still is. But at that age, I just remember I've got to be, you know, you've got to be better than what you're up against. Um, you know, obviously, he didn't play in my position, but he was one of the midfielders, and I just thought I've got to prove today, and you know, that's what I did. And uh, I still speak to him now about it. Where I remember playing them on the Sunday, and I think on the Tuesday, I turned up in the change rooms at Liverpool. <laughs> He, he said, like, we all just started laughing as if to say, like, what's going on here? You've just played against us the other day. But, yeah, I was I was delighted to sign for Liverpool. Um, yeah, and I loved every minute. I, I can only speak good words about it. After you've made your debut, I think you got the pro deal a few months later. You're in a part of the squad for a bit. I think you're on new sub in three Prem games, Europa League, FA Cup. That must have been an incredible experience for you, being part of Rogers' first team for, what, half a season, a bit longer? Yeah, and what a top manager he is, you know, still now. I Like, you look at Leicester, how well they're doing, and, you know, it, I loved him. 
Um, if I'm being honest, uh, his sessions is, you know, the way he used to go about doing his team talks and stuff like that. He was a top manager um, and give me confidence. You know, I could go into his office and just speak to him. He, you know, even though you're a young lad, sometimes you'd, you'd shy away from it, but he'd always want me to improve and stuff. And, you know, I thank him so much. Um, but yeah, I uh, signed my contract after the, I think it was after that game. No, I think I signed my pro deal before that game. But, um, you know, obviously, uh, being up with the with the first team for that, I think I was up there for about four or five months. Um, and I remember we played Man City at home. It was when uh, Jordan Henderson and Coutinho scored. Yeah. And I remember yeah. for the game, you know, Lucas was ca- pick, um, carrying a bit of an injury and we didn't have any other midfielders. So I was obviously on the bench. And uh, Mike Marsh come up to me and he was like... Um, you're gonna. You probably might come on today because Lucas is struggling and we've got no one else. So just be ready the whole game. So I'm. I'm just like watching the game and you got Yaya Torre, David Silva, and all this, and I'm thinking, wow, this is how far you've come. Do you know what I mean? Um, and as I'm warming up, the fitness coach at the time calls me back over. So like Glenn Johnson at the time, I think it was, was like, good luck, good luck, and I'm running back, and that's when I felt nerves. If I'm being honest, I, you know what I mean. Um. And then the fitness coach went, there's too many of you warming up. So I just sat back down. I was thinking, what the hell? <laughs> but uh, yeah, and like, you know, you look back now and think, I wish I would have got on that pitch. But at that time, you're thinking, oh, these are some top players. Do you know what I mean? And this is what I'm about now. And this is what I'm around. But, you know, I, it, it was good because when when we was training with the first team and stuff, I, you know, I did feel a part of them. And, you know, I could stand my ground there. And, you know, I didn't look out of place. And that was the main part for me where I didn't want to, you know, you're turning up and you, you, you're not at the pace that they're at, but, you know, you get used to it. And the first session you do with them, you do stuff that you don't normally do because you're that nervous because, you know, these are top players. These are players that you've watched when you're growing up. But, you know, once you're in there, it's comfortable. And, you know, it's a, I loved every minute of it. So um, I can only talk highly of it. You've come into the first team 14-15. Admittedly, a difficult season for the club, having nearly won the, the title the year before. What was that like behind the scenes, seeing them not reach the same levels they had, like they weren't challenging the title as they would have been expecting to? Yeah, it was hard because I think Suarez left at the time, didn't he? And, yeah. um, you know, the, obviously, Ben Rogers had to fill that spot and it, it was tough because you know the season before I, I remember being at every single game and the feeling you had at the ground you know the the atmosphere and all that so then when I was about it, it you know obviously we were struggling a little bit and you know there wasn't as good of times but it was still an unbelievable experience for me but I just remember the season before that just watching you know the the team and thinking wow this is this is special, do you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not surprised I didn't get into that team <laughs> um, because, they, you know, they were flying, weren't they? And, you know, watching Suarez, Raheem, Coutinho, Gerard, they, they were amazing that season. Um, but still, you know, obviously one thing I was made up was that Gerard was still part of it when I when I was up there because, you know, he was, I learned so much off him. I watched him every single day just to, you know, the way he ate, the way he trained and, you know, every single day he gave everything. Um and he was a top man as well. And, you know, you can learn so much off them type of players. And even the season when we struggled, we still had some top players in that team. It was just, you know, we didn't find the... We just didn't get the results. And, you know, the probably the, the quality of it dropped a little bit from the season before. 
Um, and it was probably tough on some of them because they put everything into that season, um, you know, and to obviously go again. It was, and I think we had quite a few young players in that team at the time as well. Uh, the season after that, so um, yeah, but it was just a great experience for me. And um, when I look back on, you've preempted me here because my next question is how good Steven Gerrard. <laughs> you're one where <laughs> you're a Liverpool fan. He plays your position because he's gone into that holding role there. It's the season where he announces he's leaving Liverpool. Uh, yeah. It must have just been amazing to train with, to pl- play with. Uh, it must have been like the boy of dream for you. Yeah, it was. You know, I, lo- I loved him growing up. I remember, you know, watching him all the time and to manage to get, you know, to train with him every day and watch him play. It was just something special for me. But even being around the hotel and seeing the way he acts and, you know, what he eats and stuff like that, you can take so much from it because, you know, he's been at the top level for so many years. I'm probably the best midfielder in the Premier League. So, um, but I just met, you know, he was a top guy because, you know, he put his arm around me at times and, you know, had a good conversation with me. And, you know, like after sessions, we do some like pinging sessions or shooting or whatever it was, he'd always involve me. And, you know, I'd always be with him uh, after sessions and, you know, in sessions, you know, you're up against him. And, you know, he was just unbelievable, if I'm being honest. Um, you couldn't get near him. Whoever's team, if you were on his team, you'd be winning 100%. Because he was that good. He just had an effect on the sessions so much. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't say much more about him because, you know, he was he was a top guy and a top player. Um, and, you know, everything that I've already thought about him, it got even more when I was around him. So, yeah, um, and he's obviously the best player I've ever train with or you know what I mean so um, yeah that's it what would have been the feeling been like in the, the around the training ground when he announced he was leaving because I think it would have been what January he announced he wasn't signing a new deal I imagine it was a massive shock to everyone yeah it was a shock um, I think it was not long after the Leicester game was it on um, around New Year's Eve was it a New Year's yeah, Day was, was it I think because I remember we were meant to have um, a couple of days off if we won. So it was obviously 2 0, and then Leicester come back and score two. So we didn't have our two days off. Um, and I remember then, I think it was like two days later, Gerard obviously announced it. It was just shock, really, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, I didn't speak to him about anything because it wasn't my place to. Do you know what I mean? I was only a young lad. But, you know, we were all just in shock. And I, I was gutted, if I'm being honest, because, you know, I'd love to have seen him carry on for much longer at Liverpool. But, you know, obviously, good things are going to come to an end at some point, haven't they? And, you know, he's doing absolutely amazing now at Rangers. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just shock, if I'm being honest. Um, I remember watching it on Sky Sports News at the training ground, and you, know, and you just, like, feel a little bit awkward around it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's how it was, really. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The season's also the Mario Balotelli season. Um, obviously the few trading ground stories have come out since then about how he's just mad I think everyone's got a Mario Balotelli story uh, so here we're basically just asking what are your Mario Balotelli stories what are your memories of tra- him and <laughs> playing with him I know yeah I've got, pl- I've got plenty but there's only a couple that I could probably say the, the, one of the funniest <laughs> ones to be fair before I say anything like you know about him he was an absolute top guy do you know what I mean like some people, I think, get the wrong perception about him, but he, he, he was. Um, I remember, like, I think I've said it before, um, you know, after I took my penalty, he was probably one of the first people that come and give me, you know, put his arm around me. And he was like, you know, I respect you so much because when I was that age, that's how I was. So, 
you know, for him to go out of his way and say that. And but I just remember one incident where uh, we was in the change rooms, um, and Rogers at the time was speaking to the to the lads, but the ones that were on the bench were behind Rogers, and I just remember this tangerine like opened. But like it throwing like little pieces towards my face. And I remember a tangerine just slapped me across the face. And I'm thinking, it was that, do you know what I mean? And you can't laugh or anything because the manager's speaking at the time. And I remember just like looking up and seeing Balotelli round the corner by the toilet, just laughing his head off. And I'm thinking, this guy just bloody, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you couldn't believe that he's throwing tangerines at my face while the manager's speaking. Because obviously Rogers couldn't see me behind. But you're trying to hold your laughing and stuff. Oh, it was horrible. But yeah, he, he, he was a funny guy. Um, just some of the stuff he did in training like that, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't dream to do. But, um, you know, I can only speak well of him, if I'm being honest. I know I've seen a couple of stories about him saying that he scored on goals in training and stuff, which that is probably true. I, I've seen it <laughs> once. Um, but, yeah, that's it, really. <laughs> and it's um, after this first season of the first team um, you got your senior international call up for Wales I believe as well that must have been another really proud moment for you yeah so I remember going in to speak to um, Rogers that season it, I think it was um, I think it was pre-season time when I went to Swindon that year and then obviously got me Wales call up by playing for Swindon but I remember going to speak to Rogers and um he just said, like, listen, you're too good of a just to be here to train him because you're up to the standard of the lads that are, you know, obviously playing every week and you hold, like, you know, you're doing brilliant in training. But I think now you need a bit of experience and go out and play. And um, Swindon at the time, they played really good football. So he was like, his son was at Swindon as well. So he was like, my son's at Swindon. Um, and I know the manager and stuff. I think it's a brilliant place for you to go and play, uh, get experience this season and come back in a better place. So... Yeah, I went to Swindon um, and, he, you know, obviously Rogers come to watch a couple of games because his son was there as well. So um, that was good. And then as I was playing start of the season, I was doing really well. Um, and then I remember obviously coming in from training one day at Swindon uh, and then one of the lads went, you're in the team. And I was like, the Wales squad. And I was like, what? And he was like, you're in the Wales squad. Go and look at Sky Sports News. And it said J. Williams. And I'm like, no, that's Johnny Williams. He plays for, I don't know who he played for at the time. Um, and then the next minute, I got a phone call. Uh, I think it was off my mum and stuff like that. And she was like, you've been called up. And I was like, I haven't. It's just Johnny. I didn't believe it at the time. Do you know what I mean? I was playing League One at the time. Um, and then obviously that's when I got the phone call off uh, Chris Coleman. And he was just like, listen, I've been to watch you three or four times now. Um and you've been the best player every time I've watched you and I want to put you in the squad. And just from there, really, I just, you know, when you're standing on the phone, and I, I think I just not long finished training. I was on my way home and you're just sitting there just thinking, am I actually speaking to him? Do you know what I mean? I thought it was just going to be like a joke or whatever. But, you know, uh, and then obviously I rang my mum then. Um, like she, you know, she's lived in Wales all her life. And I was like, I've been called up and she was just screaming down the phone. I couldn't believe it if I'm being honest, but, you know, um, uh, to be fair as well, like, you know, Chris Coleman come to watch Swindon in League One. I just didn't think it'd happen, but um, lucky enough, it did. And, you know, that was a, another great experience that I've had. And probably up there with, you know, obviously making my debut for Liverpool and getting promoted to Bolton, you know, getting picked for your country is, is special. And especially, you know, coming from Wales and being a young, you know, being around. I've got a lot of, my mum's got a lot of Welsh mates that, you know, uh, are massive on the football. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. 
Now, I don't have the, the squad to hand, so you're going to have to tell me if I'm wrong here, but I'm assuming like you would have been playing training with the Gareth Bales, the Aaron Ramseys, these sorts of big names that have been part of the Wales scene for, what, 10 years now? Yeah. Yeah, so it was the, the, the year where they got into the Euros. Um, so you had the likes of Gareth Bale, like you said, Aaron Ramsey, uh, Joe Allen. I think Joe Allen was there. I can't remember if Joe Allen was there. Sorry, <laughs> but I remember Joe Allen being at Liverpool at the time as well. So, you know, obviously... Uh, there was no Joe Allen wasn't there. Sorry, um, there was who else? Gareth Bale and Ramsey. There was Ashley Williams who was playing in the Premier League at the time as well. You know, I, I can't remember now what the squad was, but <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, you know, like if I'm being honest, Bale was the massive one for me. You know, because he was flying at Real Madrid and stuff like that, and you know, to get the chance to train with him and you know be around him was, and he he was a proper down to earth lad as well, which. Um, you know, I was surprised because, you know, he wouldn't have to go out of his way to speak to me, but he did. And, you know, um, but being around them in training and stuff like that. We, it, but it was good because obviously I had the experience of training with the Liverpool first team. So it wasn't like something that I've never been around because they're like Premier League players at the time. So, um, but yeah, Bale was obviously the one that, you know, I went there and all the lads were like, what's he like? What's he like in training? Do you know what I mean? And you see yeah. free kicks in training you're standing there with your mouth wide open. But yeah, that was just a, another great experience that I've had. And uh, I suppose it's almost a sliding doors moment for you. Like you've had the highs of being with the Liverpool first team, making your debut, being called up for Wales. But I believe it was when you were out on loan that you've having these bad injuries and um, you nearly had to retire, didn't you? And you were 22 years old. So, What's the story behind all of that? It must have been such a difficult moment for you to have go from such a high to nearly have it all taken away. Yeah, so um, funny enough, it was that that week when I come back from Wales. Uh, you know, I had such a massive high. Um, you know, I went back to Swindon on the Thursday, trained the Thursday, trained Friday, and then we had the game on a Saturday. Um, and I just remembered the ball going over my head. Uh, I was playing centre-back at the time and I've tackled from the side, won the ball back. But as I've got up to start dribbling with the ball, just remember like a click in my knee. Um, and I did my meniscus at the time. Um, and I had a thing called control defect from when I was about 16, um, which they seen. Um, and then that's when, you know, I went to the surgeon in London and he said, right, we're going to tidy up your meniscus and whatever it was. And then, but he said, I'm a bit worried about your control defect. Um, basically, it's like where your knee and your, it's like a soft part in between your knee. Uh, but mine was cracked a little bit, but it started getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and he just said he was worried about it at the time. He said, you can still carry on and whatever, but, you know, we need to keep an eye on it. Um, so I come back from that injury, I had no problems. Um, and then I went out, I only had a year left on my deal at Liverpool. So I went out on loan to Rochdale because I thought, all right, I need to, you know, get in the shop in the shop window and, you know, try and get a move for after Liverpool because in case I don't get anything else at Liverpool. Um, went out to Rochdale, was doing really well. But it got to about October time where I, cu I couldn't deal with the pain anymore. But I didn't really want to say anything because, you know, I didn't want to go out injured and I'm out for a year or what, what, whatever it was. But I remember we played Plymouth away Um being on the coach for about seven hours. Uh, my, my knee was bent most of the time. I remember getting off the coach and I thought, wow, this is pain that I haven't felt in my knee before. Like I've managed to get through it um, through taking tablets. <laughs> I was taking painkillers, anti-inflammatories, everything that I could just to try and keep it down as much as I could. Um, 
And then the, obviously the next day we had the game against Plymouth. I just remember being in the warm thinking, I can't, I can't play here. But my mum's always said to me, you know, you, you don't come off the pitch until you can't walk. So I thought I've got to play this game no matter what. Uh, I played the 90 minutes and I got through it. Uh, but I just knew I was nowhere near what my 100%. So after that game, I remember coming back and me knee just blew up. Um, it was, you know, a lot of fluid in it. Um, swelled up so that, and that's when I rang Andy Brenshaw who was my physio at Liverpool at the time and I just said Andy I need to come and see you I think I've got a problem with my knee again um, so I went in on the Monday and he just knew straight away from looking at it he was like oh my god like what's happened um, and then that's when I went down to London um, I spoke to the surgeon and he said like obviously two years ago I told you I was worried about it but now like I, I'm really worried about your career about your life after football you know will you be able to walk and stuff so he was like, I can do an operation for you, but it's going to take about 15 to 18 months and not one football player has come back from me, um, which obviously I was sitting there just thinking, I think I'd rather just retire. Do you know what I mean? But because I knew how young I was, I knew that I could not retire and I didn't want to. Um, he then obviously said that I could inject it and build strength up in my knee again to protect it, um, you know, by doing like quad exercises and stuff. But I'd done that in the past and it doesn't work. So I just thought I, I, I was just in the middle of not knowing what to do. Um, and then that's when the club doctor at Liverpool rang me and he said, there's someone over in New York that might be able to, you know, fix this for you. Um, he obviously gave me the, Liverpool the contact details and stuff. Uh, and then I had a meeting with Liverpool and I just said, I, I want to go over to New York and meet the guy and see what he can do. Um, so then that's when they flew me out to uh, to New York uh, and then sat down with him for about 10 minutes I think I was there 10-15 minutes and he went yeah so basically I've seen your scans this is the problem and this is what I can do and then showed me just like live pictures of what he can do to my knee and how he will do it um, and he was like it's an easy job for me and I've gone from thinking I'm retiring here to this guy saying it's going to take me six months to get you back on the pitch and you know, you're going to have a 10, uh, 12 to 15 year career. I just, it was just like, I didn't know what to do. I was just in shock. Um, and then he said, you know, obviously it's a, it's going to be a donor cartilage. So obviously you've got to wait for someone to pass away. That matches your height, your, you know, he, he has to be an athlete. Um, like, you know, he's quite active and stuff like that. But he said, um, when that happens, if you're, if you're happy to go along with it, with this operation, then that's when, you know, obviously you have to be over here in nine days um, because you only get a certain amount of time to actually put it into your knee and stuff. Um, so then I was in New York, flew there in the morning uh, and then flew back the same day. So I was only, I didn't even have a look around New York at the time, but I come back and I just knew straight away. I remember speaking to my agent, I was like, we're 100% doing it. Um, you know, it's my last chance. It's my best chance of getting back on the pitch. And yeah, that's what I went and done. And Went back over there a week later um, and then obviously had the operation. Um, spent about 10 days over in New York. So two of it was getting the operation done. And then obviously the rest of that was like rehab. So over in New York, you literally go in, get your operation. And then two days later, you're back uh, doing physio work. So like they bent my knee up to my bum, which I could never have done for about two, three years. So when he first did it, I was in shock. I jumped off the bed and he was like, just relax, your knee's in a better place now and just pushed it right up to my bum. And then that's when I knew I, I must be in a better place now. Um, and, you know, there was a lot, 
if I'm being honest, I remember being in the hospital bed just with a lot of tears and, you know, because I, I knew this was my last chance now just to, you know, get back on the pitch. And it was it was a tough time, if I'm being honest, before I went out to New York, uh, I had a lot of dark times. Um, you know, I was by myself, you know, my mum would come around, but I didn't want anyone around me, if I'm being honest. I was in a place where I just didn't know what to do with my life. Uh, you know, for someone to go and say that football's going to get taken away from you. Uh, and that's all I've known all my life. Um, I remember like Liverpool were trying to look after me and saying, have you got any GCSEs? Have you got any qualifications and stuff? And I didn't have anything, if I'm being honest. Um, I just concentrated all about football. And, you know, lucky enough, um, it all paid off at the at the end. But the rehab was tough uh, at Liverpool because it was a lot of, you know, leg exercises and getting fit and stuff like that. And I'm going through tough times at home, like, you know, thinking, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? And, you know, mentally it was tough, but, you know, I managed to come through it and it's made me a better person now. And, you know, obviously when, when, when I went back out on the pitch for the first time and I'm running about, I just couldn't believe it. If I'm being honest, I had no pain in my knee and what, what I did, I had pain for about two, three years trying to manage it. But, you know, it was the uh, best feeling ever when I, you know, managed to play my first game. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. That's an amazing story. So, what a donor's basically saved your career. Um, and imagine what last year of your contract, uh, Liverpool supporting you there. Would they, would they have been the ones who have paid for this operation to fly you out there and everything as well? Yeah, so I, I owe Liverpool everything. Uh, it just shows how how great of a club it is. It's a, you know, it's a proper family club, and you know they look after their own and. You know, lucky enough, um, you know, I had six months left on my deal. So Liverpool, you know, didn't have to do it, but, you know, they did. And it, I think it was about 140,000, 150,000 around that price um, with everything included in it. And it's a lot of money. And I'm sure, you know, if if I was in League One or League Two, it never would have happened because, you know, of the, of the funds and stuff like that. So, you know, I owe them everything, you know, to stick by me as well. I had great support. You know, I had likes of Alex Inglefor, but Phil Roscoe, I had the physios. Um, you know, everyone was behind me. Um, but, and, you know, I could speak to them about anything. I, you know, like I said before, I did have tough times. And I think it's tough in football because, you know, sometimes you've got to put a face on where you're not struggling. But I just knew I could speak to them and I could get helped out. And I did because, you know, I was, you know, probably going out a little bit too much because that was my happiness. I didn't have anything else. It was just being around mates and then, I'd go into football and, you know, probably not feeling the best. I'd come home, close the curtains, just want to f- sleep and eat. Do you know what I mean? And you have to get through them times because I knew this was my only chance. And if I was starting to put weight on or whatever, I couldn't do it. So that's when I obviously spoke to Liverpool and I got the help that I needed. Um, you know, I was obviously seeing a, um, a counsellor at the time and, you know, obviously he helped me out loads. And I was in a much better place after about a month of, you know, getting the operation and, that's what that helped me, you know, obviously then to focus on what I needed to do to get back on the pitch. And but yeah, like I say, without Liverpool, I wouldn't be here now playing for Bolton and getting promoted. Um, you know what I mean? And even getting promoted for Bolton was the sweetest moment because all them tough days that I've had in the past has now paid off, you know, because I'm enjoying my football again and you know, I'm in a successful team and this is what all I've wanted in my career. Um but you know. Without Liverpool, uh, I wouldn't be here now. So I owe them everything. Incredible story, it's an incredible comeback. Feel a bit uh, cheap now. If I'm going back to just going talking about that, 
to just asking you about Jurgen Klopp's arrival. It doesn't seem quite as important now. But, um, <laughs> I believe Klopp arrived when you were out on loan. But what are the differences for compared to Rogers? What was he like as a manager? I'm sure, as everyone says, what you see is what you get with him. Yeah, exactly. Like what you see is what you get. I, I think I only trained a couple of times because obviously I was out on loan, wasn't I? And then I come back injured, so it was tough because I wasn't around. It he didn't probably know who I was. Um, but then I remember I got into the squad once for the Plymouth game in the cup. Um, but I had like two sessions and. You know, just like seeing how he prepares for games and stuff like that. The amount of confidence he puts into the lads is amazing. Uh, he believes in every single one of them. And it shows because you look at Liverpool this season now, they've got, two, what, two centre-backs that have come from the academy and, you know, they've shown how good they are. But also, I think without the manager believing in them, they wouldn't go out there with as much confidence. But he, he believes in all his players and... You know, he's just a top manager, isn't he? I love him. Uh, you know, like you said, what what you see is what you get. And, um, yeah, hopefully he stays for many years to come. And it's one where, because of the injuries and going out on loan, I suppose the end of your Liverpool career didn't quite go as you would have liked. Playing a lot of under-21s football. But it was a good under-21s team if you go through and see some of the players you're, like, you're playing alongside, Harry Wilson, Ryan Kent, all of this. So, must have still been a good team to be part of. And so which players stood out for you at that level? Bloody hell, there's loads, isn't it? I remember we, you know, our youth cup team, we had Jordan I playing for us, but he was with the first team at the time. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was just full of top players. And, you know, a lot of them players now have gone on to have great careers. Uh, like you said, then you got the likes of Harry Wilson, Ryan Kent. Uh, we had Shea Ojo, Jerome Sinclair, uh, Lloyd Jones, Connor. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's pl- I probably missed out a load here, but they, you know, there's loads of us. Um, I'm probably one of my biggest regrets still now is the um, I think that when we played in the youth cup and we got beat by Redden, um, on penalties, I just remember I always think back to that thinking we should have won it that year because the team we had is, is frightening, if I'm being honest. Um, but you know, like I've I've loved Harry Wilson, like I'm really good mates with him and. You know, obviously he's Welsh as well. So, um, but yeah, like you know, seeing what he's doing now, the likes of Ryan Kent, who's just won the the league with Rangers, he's you know flying as well. You were with the under twenty threes, I believe, but um, Mamadou Sakho sent home from the preseason tour, relegated to playing under twenty threes football. Is something that still has intrigue with Liverpool fans. I suppose how his Liverpool career just fell apart. Uh, what was it like? I suppose to be on the inside when that happened to see him come in, train with you lot and not have this chance of going back to the first team. Strange for any footballer. How did he approach it? Oh, it was amazing how he approached it, if I'm being honest. Um, he just, every single day, he just, he was in one of the earliest every day. He was, you know, training with us. He gave everything. Because I've seen it in the past where, you know, maybe some players have dropped down and, you know, sacked it off a little bit. But he was just how he was at the, you know, the at the first team every single day. And I really got on with him because when I was up with the first team, I obviously knew him and he was probably one of the, the best guys with me. Um, he was top top class with the young lads. Um, so obviously, obviously, when he dropped down, he used to speak to him every day. He used to give me a pair of boots and stuff. But I think he was... He had massive feet. I think it was like size felt and it didn't fit me. So I remember saying, I remember he was like, that's a gift for you, my friend. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Like took them. And I think I've passed them on to one of my mates who was a big Liverpool fan. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, uh, and he used to say to all of us, like, if you ever want to go over to Paris, I'll sort you out. And I think Harry Wilson took it up once and he like, you know, sorted out 
all his hotels and stuff and, and like a bit of food and nights out and all that and he was a top guy um but you know obviously it could have been hard for him he, he could have just like turned up late every day and sacked it off but every day he was in training hard and I, I remember him doing a big talk with the all the age groups from under 18s to 23s just like for about an hour with us just saying about his days in Paris and how he was with France and you know playing for the first team and he, he was just like an honest guy but a top guy as well I'm just going to touch on a couple more players from I think the last few months with the under 21s the under 23s uh, both in the Liverpool first team now, but both with very different ways of getting in there. Trent Alexander-Arnold and Nat Phillips. Uh, with Trent, they always say you could see that talent from the very first time you saw him play. But obviously, Nat Phillips has surprised everyone. Um, what are your memories of playing with these and training with them and everything, how they've done this season? Yeah, well, I think with Trent, like you said, then you could always see that he was going to be a top player. Uh, I remember, you know, we, we used to just... You know, the, when we were older, there used to be young, like his age group playing on a certain day and we'd just go over and watch and he was always the best player in the team all the time. Uh, and I remember him coming up and training with us. I played with him a couple of times and just seeing the quality he had was was unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? And I just knew he was going to make it. Um, and seeing the career he's had now and he deserves everything, you know, I, I wouldn't let anyone say he's not a good player or he needs to improve this because when I watch him, I just love watching him play. You know what I mean? He's got no fear and he just, you know, he looks older than what he is on the pitch now. I think, you know, he, he looks like a, a player that's been around Liverpool for so long. Um, you know, like the way Gerard was, the way he, all he wants to do is win. Um, and no matter what it is, he'll, he'll make sure he does. And I think that's a little bit the same with Trent as well. Um, and then obviously you got Nat, who who was a top guy. Nat, I still speak to Nat now, but it was just like I remember he he come in, um, and I remember speaking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, well, I'll, I left Bolton," and he said, "I've managed to get on trial here," um, and I remember, you know, he had like a week trial, but he needed to find out if he was getting kept on or not because he had a tri- he was going over to America um, to do football and whatever it is like a scholarship kind of thing over there. So then obviously getting signed at Liverpool and I think Nat just improved every every season he was there. Like every day he was he was one of the hardest workers. He'd be in the gym, he'd be on the pitch longer than anyone and he deserves everything he's got because the amount of work Nat put in was amazing, if I'm being honest. Um and you know, I'm so happy for him because he's such a humble lad. Um and you know, to see him doing so well for Liverpool now because he's probably had the chance to leave at times but he's stuck at it and you know it's paying off now because he's been a vital part of Liverpool's season and Last one here what's next for you I suppose you're back in League One you're playing good football you're in a winning team your knee's fine um, what you're eyeing up next regular football a Wales recall perhaps like, I think they've been in two tournaments haven't they since you got that first call up where, yeah. where do you see your career going in the next few years? Well, I'm really happy at Bolton. I love, I love it here. And you know, obviously, what I want to do now is try and go again this season now and get Bolton back up the leagues. And you know, I'm so happy here. I'm settled. You know, I love my football. So I'm just looking forward to that now at Bolton. Uh, that's my main focus. Um, and obviously, you know, the Wales call up and whatever. You know, that's that would be the icing on cake for me. Um, but at this moment, I think all I can do now is just concentrate on Bolton and do as well as possible and you know obviously other stuff like that will come um if you if you do well and that's all I've got to do and just keep enjoying football you know I've said it before to you that 
you know, all I want to do now is not take a day for granted and, you know, go into football with a smile on my face and really enjoy it. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.